When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal, Andy Brant Bernard, and Melissa Bernard. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Holly Laurent and Greg Hess will be our special guests. Mega, the devilish satire, takes on evangelism with a smile. Evangelicalism, excuse me, with a smile. We'll find out what that's all about. Holly and Greg, up next with the family. That's right. Oh, you are going to do a live. Yes, we always do. No, I, no, we don't always. Last week, we didn't you last did week, but that was also a very different. Well, that was show. a special no, week. No, no, Stop yeah. fighting! I got You're something out. important. You're out. <laughs> so uh, this month Stop at Walzer, for every car new and used that we sell in the whole company, uh, the, this is actually Andrew's idea. It's kind of cool. We're going to donate twenty five dollars to one of four charities, and, the, and when you buy the car, you get to pick one of them. So I'm just going to tell you what they are. They're all kind of different. First one is really cool, but just probably the worst marketing name I've ever heard. Every third Saturday. Yeah, I would have no idea what that is. Yeah, so it's a company, it's a, 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 a group that got started 11 years ago to help uh, homeless and struggling vets. Oh, that's which is, very nice. Uh, veterans, not veterinarians. I understand. Just want to make that clear. Uh, Nexus is uh, another group that that uh, works with uh, communities of color, so on and so forth. Uh, People Incorporated is a mental health services uh, charity, and you probably remember the Bridge. Mm-hmm. That I was a, that was a, I had a lot of friends that had that spent time at the bridge when they were having trouble with their families and stuff. It's it's a, a local uh, community outreach program that helps teenage kids that are having difficulties with their family. They just need a time out. There might be violence in the home or something like that. It's it's been around. I remember it in the seventies. So uh, you get to pick which one of these four uh, the money gets donated to, and I think that's really kind of a cool thing. And that's it. Well, you're kind of a cool thing. I know I am. Oh, God, he agrees with me. Why would Walzer I? Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are 
You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we provide a unique experience for our business banking customers that can't be found at the big banks. Our customers appreciate our high-touch, high-tech approach where they get all the benefits of working with a local bank. Our team will get to know your business and its unique challenges while still offering all of the online and mobile banking options you will find at the big banks. Also, when your business banks with North American Banking Company, you'll be working with an experienced team of lenders who know this marketplace and will be ready to help your business capitalize on any opportunity or solve any problem. You add it all up, North American Banking Company is a better banking experience. <clears throat> Excuse me, you uh, do mind if I jump in here? Well, Tommy, if you feel the need, go ahead. <sighs> Amateurs. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. No, we are. Oh, there, oh, there we go. Now I can hear myself. I didn't, it was what? my fault. I didn't have it up high enough. I did not have it up high enough, ladies and gentlemen. Mega, the devilish satire, takes on evangelicalism with a smile. Now, Holly, I had this great, wonderful thing that I wanted to say, and, and you ruined it already. I'm deeply hurt. I want you to know. Do you want to know how you ruined oh, it? Oh, what, what did I do? What was my horrible offense? Our two guests, Holly Laurent and Greg Hess, and I was going to tell you, I grew up with Greg Laurent. What a coincidence. But then you go with oh, LeBron. Wow. So there goes there goes my my exciting, you know, disclosure that I go well actually it was Guy and Greg Laurent. They were twin brothers. I grew up with them in North Minneapolis. You mean Guy Laurent? Yeah, uh, Guy Laurent. Well actually that was my next thing, Holly. Uh, when we went from Catholic school in eighth grade to public school in ninth grade, the teacher stood up and said, Okay, uh, Tom uh, Tom Barnard. I said, Yeah, yeah, Bernard, that's good. And he goes Guy Laurent. <laughs> like, whoa! Yeah. We had never heard him called Guy Laurent before. That was pretty cool. Yeah. The well, La- you know, uh, you know, when we got married, Holly did give me the option of changing my name to Laurent, and mm. uh, I, uh, I, I politely declined. So I was almost Greg Laurent. I almost had the. You uh, were close. I, had the option. I gave him the chance. <laughs> you gave him the chance to be Greg Laurent, and you blew it. Way to go, Greg. Way to go. I know. So this is interesting because I, I, I love having you on today because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, that as I look at the world, because I tend to be pretty centrist. That, yeah, what's so funny, I'm such a centrist that some people don't like me because I'm too conservative and some people don't like me because I'm too liberal. <laughs> I just love that about the world. But politics has become a religion. You know, you talk about the mega churches. Well, politics now is nothing but, but another mega church. It's if you don't believe what I believe, I hate you. What? Calm down. Got that right. I just yeah. What is that? Yeah, and and the systems of power for sure. So yeah, I mean it's just weird. So how did you come up with the idea for Mega? Was it, was it both of you came up with it, or did Holly have to do all the work? Greg, is that the plan? Oh yeah, Holly does most of the work in the relationship, and I get to go to ride on her coattails. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it works he's out. He's lucky. He's funny. So now, uh, because of the the Wright it, brothers. It all began. It all began because we we met doing improv in um, Chicago. We were coming up in the comedy scene there, oh, okay. and um, when we moved to LA, I had noticed like podcasts. Like podcasts are really going to be a thing, aren't they? And I was trying to brainstorm. I was like, I really want to do a podcast. And Greg kept saying, "You got to do something about a mega church. Your dad is a pastor at a mega church. You used to work at a mega church." I always joke about how I'm bilingual. I speak English and I speak evangelical. And Greg was like, "You got to use that. Like that specificity is such gold in comedy." And I was always like, "Ah, you know, people are so touchy about it, and I don't know." And I've sort of moved on from that world, and then I was in a pitch meeting with a network of guys where I was, like, pitching all these different ideas, and they were looking at their watches and sort of yawning, and I was like, oh, man, this is not going over. And sort of as a last-ditch attempt, I was like, wow, this is Greg's idea. And I was like, well, I also have an idea about a podcast called Mega that is an improvised satire that takes place in a fictional megachurch, and all of a sudden they all sat up in their seats, and they were like, that's it. Go away, create the show Bible, come back, and we'll do it. And so we... At first, I asked Greg to be my first guest, and then we had so much fun. I was like, okay, just co-host it with me. Let's do this together. And it's been really fun, and we were kind of shooting for a comedy audience. But what we got was, like, we have a lot of church listeners, and we have a lot of ex-evangelicals, which is a term I've now learned since doing the podcast, of a, a big community of people who have been raised this way but have kind of gone in a different direction and they're all emailing us saying this is so therapeutic to have a lighthearted approach and to be able to laugh about this stuff and think about you know the roots of like this these belief systems that have made me who i am and and then christians are saying like oh we get together in our small group and listen to episodes because it's so funny that it's so specifically our world and right. funny like they're like how are you doing this <laughs> See, I think that's a great, great, and I think you, the both of you, Holly and Greg, you should both get together and then have another podcast where you do the same thing with, with politics, because people would love that just as much, I guarantee it. Yeah, well, it would be fun, and you know, a lot of times people tell us that this show reminds them sort of of Veep, um, which was, you know, that send-up of sure. politics, yeah. and, yep. and also The Office, which was the send-up of office culture, and that this is the first thing... You know, we've had actually this, we've actually been reviewed in the Christian Century and Relevant magazine. So these big Christian publications have actually given mega really positive reviews, which is which, which was definitely not the uh, not not the praise that we had anticipated. You know, one thing I'd like to mention: what an honor it is, uh, you know, to be in radio because the one show that was about being in radio, the radio station was W Crap. So that's. WKRP. Well, there was news radio too. I just started that's rewatching true. Was, that. That's true. I there miss was Phil radio. Hartman so much. Oh, he was, was just phenomenal. Yeah, was. You're right. You're oh, one of the great. Mm -hmm. So, Holly, you grew up in an evangelical home. Is that correct? Yeah, my dad was uh, an itinerant evangelist when I was a child, and now he's a, a, a pastor of a megachurch. Okay, and the reason <laughs> I ask you that is because most of the Laurents that I know are Catholic. I mean, that's that's a oh, big sure. French name. Yeah, absolutely. But no, so because yeah. um, I, I don't know much about actually I, I'll qualify with this and then I want to hear your take on the entire thing. So I'm in third grade, nice Catholic boy. I'm going to confession because I got to take first communion. And the priest comes in and he starts talking about going to confession. And it's the first time you're going to go and blah, blah, blah. And you have to understand something that when I'm in the confessional and you're talking to me, you're not really talking to me. I'm a conduit to God, 
and I kind of thought I whispered, but apparently I didn't. No, you aren't. That did not go over big. That didn't go over big, I will tell you that. <laughs> Even so, so you've always been a, you've always sort of had a, had a loud inner cynic? No, I can hear what you were thinking, Hollywood. You've always been a smart-ass, Tom. That's what you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's my way of saying it. I love the idea. See, I think it's only healthy and good for us to do both, to go to, to, to talk about what mega churches are all about or mega politics or, or big time, big anything. I, I love the fact oh, yeah. you're talking about it. I think it's a great idea. Well, you know, one of the funniest things about it, you know, people, the, the, the church on the podcast is, is 10,000 members. It's got 600 staff. And we always laugh because you know you're in a mega church if it's got a food court or a coffee bar or an escalator. <laughs> no, and, true, yeah. and, and if you think about the church that's, uh, well, you know, apparently, supposedly this is, a, it's all based on the teachings of Jesus. I think if Jesus walked into a mega church, he would, uh, he, he might pass out. So we, <laughs> we just always laugh about the, the ideas of, you know, just build it bigger, better, and, and uh, more glitz and glam, and that, that this is sort of passes for the, the mainstream. It's, it's really funny, and, and something that comes up in the podcast a lot is we have all the, anybody can essentially, any comedian comes on this podcast can, can pitch us something like, hey, uh, you know, I'm interested in water skiing, and we go, hey, you know what, at this church, they have a water skiing ministry. Oh, um, well. And it's called the, it's, it's called the Walk on Water Ministry, and, uh, and, and you're on staff, and that's been amazing because really, like the the satire, the point of view of the satire is that, you know, just just sort of like uh, the the mentality of Americans is more, more, more. We're able to just kind of add that into the ethos of the the megachurch, and it's been it's been hilarious. It's been fantastic. And to go back to your third grade story, I really relate to you because I, I, I was pretty much the same. I always kind of felt like a black sheep in my family. I always thought, like, I cannot find this, like, Jesus ear in my shifter. And it seems like everybody else, this really works for them, and they can click right in. And I, I always was kind of pushing back and just feeling a little bit like, and maybe it's just the anti-authoritarian in me, or, or, mm-hmm. or I was just feeling like rebellious, or like I wanted to find my own way. But um, it, the, the interesting thing about our Chicago comedy roots is that we were really brought up in the tradition of the best way to create good satire and to have like multi-layered comedy that has commentary inside of it is to actually be the thing that you want to make commentary on. And so we play these characters with deep sincerity and without any winks to the audience because um, the, the, the more deeply we can, like, uh, sink down into that point of view, the more, uh, the more cutting our satire can be. But we hear from Christians all the time that are like, how can this be so funny and yet you're not taking shots at us? Right. And, and it really is a loving send-up. But I think the reason is because... We're not, we're not going after the people who believe this way at all. Like, those are individual people who have good reason, and if it serves them, that's wonderful. But um, we're going at the bigger systems of power, you know, the, like, big institutions that, um, you know, in comedy you're supposed to punch up, right? We don't want to punch yeah. down. We're not punching yeah. at individuals. We're, but, we, but we have something to say. And um, it, uh, I, I, I'm, both, my past, both my grandpas were pastors, and my dad is a pastor, so... I'm kind of dangerous. <laughs> no, I, I picked up on that very early, Holly, and Greg kind of, you know, when he went, 
Yeah. I could tell by the tone of his voice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, here's the only thing that I would ask. As you build your mega church, we're talking to Holly Laurent and Greg Hess about mega, the devilish satire, takes on evangelicalism with a smile. As soon as you guys get to that Joel Osteen part where you got your third jet, I'd like to borrow one of them, if, that, if that's possible. That's right. We uh, we definitely will uh, reserve a jet on the tarmac of the church for you. And um, you know that was even recently during the big the big freeze when Joel Osteen conveniently closed the doors of the mega church when people needed a place to sleep. Right. I think uh, I think that was kind of uh, that was peak mega church right there. It, isn't how did he think that was a good idea? Seriously. I know. You know, we, we had a bit on the podcast, which we sort of, uh, that, that related, actually predated that, that whole event, which was, we have a homeless ministry at the mega church, but it's just open one day a week, and you can only come on Tuesday. <laughs> well, that worked. You know, I just thought of something. At some point, I would like to, to appear on your podcast as the voice of God. If I could do that just once. You know, you could. You, you got could, the right voice, baby. I know you. You definitely have the timbre. You've you've got the pipes. You've got the God pipe. I'm going to do this from now on. The name is pronounced Laurent, not Laurent, and then I'll just hang up. That'll be one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, work. you got it. <laughs> yeah, you got. It. I think, like I said, I think it's a wonderful idea because, to me, back you know, uh, I was born in the '50s, so the '50s, '60s, '70s, certainly '80s, when stand-up got huge again. But all, you know, earlier than that, I grew up in a Catholic, black, and Jewish neighborhood, so there was a lot of humor there in any case. But I think not really going after necessarily, but making fun of mega politics, mega churches, mega anything, I think it's a wonderful idea. And I think it's very helpful to people going, hey, you know, I'm not the only one that thinks this is kind of bombastic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we—the only way that we are uh, ever going to find any kind of common ground is to find our common humanity. And I do think yep. that laughter is—it's the great—it's the great unifier. And um, you know, especially if we can laugh at ourselves. Once we stop being able to laugh at ourselves, then I think uh, you know, all is lost. Yeah, for sure. It's the true end time. By coincidence, I do a morning show in, in town as well. And by coincidence, this morning we were talking about. Um, for some reason, The Exorcist came up. Oh, uh, that's the reason it came up is because apparently somebody was performing an exorcism on another person in the news today, and it, it didn't really go that well. <laughs> oh no! You know, which is hard to believe. <laughs> their, head, their head flew off. Actually, <laughs> it, it, it gets a little weird. But uh, you know that I, I just think that that talking about these things will help exactly what Greg just said. Will help bring us all together. It's like well, and it, and the example I used was. And I didn't know you guys were going to be on this show today, so it's kind of a nice, a nice coincidence. But I said, you know who had it down was Richard Pryor. In 1974, oh. 75, I don't, I don't remember when. I can't, can't say the name of the album. That blank is crazy. I can't say the blank part. But um, when he walked in the room and his little girl was, being, was possessed by the devil, and he said... Bitch, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I thought, see, now that is going after a religion the way I like for it to go, be gone after. Well, and for me, you know, I am a regular <laughs> churchgoer, but I honestly, when I watched, the first time I watched The Life of Brian, other than the fact oh, it's a hysterical movie, it really it. did make you think about what was it really like living 2,000 oh, years ago yeah. in the Middle East. And it probably, 
the teeth was better in the movie, but it was probably that's kind of what it was like. I would bet. Yeah, the teeth were better. There's no <laughs> question about that. Uh, the great totally. line and the accent. The accents might be a little less British. Right. Yeah, that. just a little. But I tell you what. <laughs> When, when John Cleese picks up that sandal and says, this is the sandal of our Lord and Savior, and I should know because I've followed a few. <laughs> My favorite line was, we're not the Judean people's front. Fuck off. We're the people's, we're the people's front of Judea. It does get much better. Yeah, it does get. But see, I think you guys are picking up on a great thing here. Well, first of all, your your podcast has already gotten a, a lot of great mentions, won some nice awards, top 10 comedy podcasts by The Guardian, 2019's Best Satire and Vulture. I mean, you, you're already getting a lot of notice for your good work. I think it's a brilliant... So was it both of you? Was it one of... Who came up with the great idea? Well, I, again, you kind of said, Holly, that Greg went, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, well, you know, when we... Uh, yeah, Holly, Holly did come up with it, and then I think the thing that we found that's been really fun is just because Holly has such a deep knowledge of working in a mega yeah, church. Yeah. And then I actually studied, I studied religion as an undergraduate. So, um, and Holly actually reads Koine Greek. And we really, so we really know our stuff when it comes to even the theology and the background of a lot of these things. Um, we recently had a rabbi reach out to us after we did a bit about oh. Genesis and how there's two, there's two versions of the creation story in the Bible. People forget that, that if you read Genesis one and two, there's a, pretty much contradictory versions of how the world started. Right. We actually, so we did a long bit about this, and a rabbi reached out to us who's a professor of rabbinical studies at Gonzaga and said, hey, I can't believe you guys really are, are know, know your stuff on this. Do you want, do you want another, uh, do you want to hear some more, here's some more info if you ever really want to get into the Hebrew text. And so we, we actually have kind of this, strangely uh, deep academic well to draw from when it comes to some of that stuff. And then, of course, you know, just try to put some comedy on top of it, if you will. My, my wife is going to love this. My, I, I'm married to a church lady. She was in faith formation at a big Catholic church and now is the communications director, and she's pretty funny. She does a great imitation of 80-year-old uh, Norwegian Minnesotan ladies bitching about the food at the funeral. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. I think we should have a ministry at the at the mega church on the podcast where we save Catholics. Uh, we we basically have a ministry saving Catholics from uh, from potlucks. Yeah, that, that oh, would be potlucks, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, because I said, like I said, I grew up in the inner city in a, in a Catholic, black, and Jewish neighborhood. I didn't even know what a what a casserole was or potluck. <laughs> what 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 do they call it? Again? The hamburger the hamburger hot hot dish. Hot, hot dish. Yep. I, I heard a hot dish, but I never heard of it. Yes, we're going to have a casserole. I'm like, what the hell is a casserole? I never even heard of it. You know, it's just, it just a whole different neighborhood. You know what? I was thinking about something just struck me as well. The long and wonderful history uh, that you guys are continuing, because you look all the way back to W.C. Fields, a brilliant comedian, brilliant actor, when he was dying in the hospital. Several people walked into the hospital room, and he was reading the Bible. And they said, W.C., you read the Bible? And he goes, I'm looking for loopholes. I mean, <laughs> see, there you go. Yeah, that's, yeah, and that's one of the underlying things with the character I play on Mega is that because I do personally have such a deep knowledge of the Bible and, and went to a, a Bible college and I learned Koine Greek so I can translate the New Testament from its original source material, and now I have this incredible uh 
Hebrew-speaking rabbi who's like, well, I'll let you know all the source material in the Old Testament. You're able to do all the stuff in the New Testament. Yeah. I've really been able to, like, layer my character point of view with... Um, uh, I, I actually am, am trying to, in certain ways... My, my hypothesis is that a lot of people who have based their idea of reality on this book, and they say that, like, they, they believe in the Bible and they're Christians and they believe in God and heaven and hell and all of that, my... my secret hypothesis is that they're actually not reading the Bible. And so I'm I'm kind of, I have a little mission to be like, I want you all to know what's really in there, because I know what's in there. And if we can kind of deconstruct it and look what's there, I think it actually takes away some of the fear and defensiveness. And hopefully we're able to disarm people with laughter and let them know like, hey, it's okay. If we can laugh about it, if we can talk about it, then it all becomes this much more manageable yep. thing where we can um, not take ourselves too seriously and still allow certain things to be sacred. I just love the long history of America. And, you know, the, the, of course, now America is the worst place ever on earth. But, you know, we'll, we'll get through that, too. But exactly what you're talking about, the long, long history of people having fun with look my mother was an ardent roman catholic she loved being catholic she you know loved to go to church all the rest of it i kind of, i don't know what i am anymore i guess uh, you know i'm not a, a real religious person but i kind of like i like the good parts where they don't try to punish people with religion if you don't try to punish people with religion i'm pretty much okay with it you know what i mean <laughs> that's right yeah but so, you're right you're feeling you're 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 touching on what we're all feeling that as a country we are starting to feel so deeply divided yes. it's becoming like oh yep. if that person is a republican i'm not friends with them if that person is a democrat like our families don't mix like such division and and there really is i think there's something so healthy if on either side of it believer non-believer republican democrat independent whatever like if we can laugh, it's going to be okay. But yes. If, if we can't laugh about it, then we might really be in trouble. Yeah. Well, I hope and then it. I always come in with uh, some stupid jokes because my um, my character is an Australian youth pastor of the youth group. is called Climax. So <laughs> we ever just need comedic, great, great comedic name, relief. <laughs> then, uh, then we just have a, an Australian giving that, uh, that point of view. <laughs> You now, who came up with the name Climax? Uh, was that Holly? Was that you? I did. When <laughs> that I was Holly, but uh, <laughs> she can't do an Australian accent, so okay. I, I get to I get to hold down that that honor. On our first ever recording, I was like, "Greg, you have to be Australian." There is a thing with mega churches across the country; they always have the cool, too cool for school Australian, and I don't know why, but mega churches always have an Australian, and. Um, they also have to, it's not a, it's not a sanctuary, it's an auditorium, you know, it's not a sermon, it's a message, like, there are no crosses in, in the room, it's like, it almost looks like this kind of, like, you know, wealthy corporate campus, and, um, and everything is cool, and it's like Jesus rock and roll, and they're fogging the room on a Sunday morning, and you've got, like, the drum kit and the whole bit, sure. and um, one thing that I noticed when I was working at a mega church is that, like, each ministry had a cool name, you know? The children's ministry was called Promised Land. The high school ministry was called Impact, and I was like, okay, how can I... The homeless ministry was called Pads. <laughs> they put down pads on the floor for people sure. to sleep on one day a week, and then it's like, okay, get out. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, exactly. But uh, I was like, what would be a great? 
I was trying to name all the ministries in, in our fictional megachurch, Twin Hills, and I came up with Twin Hills because I was like, well, what, what, what would be a name? Because these churches have, like, you know, Willow Creek, Saddleback, like all these, like, Mars Hill, you know, it has to have a cool name. Sure. So I was like, what would be a good name for a high school ministry? And if you think about where teenagers are at in their life, I was like, oh, Climax. <laughs> uh, don't try to pull that, Holly. That's not what you were thinking of at all. Liar. Uh, um, well, when she, yeah, when she came up with Twin Hills, she's like, well, I'll always remember it because it's just a pair of boobs. Yeah, we'll see. Our logo, is, our logo is boobs, but it just looks like Twin Hills, but it's uh, our sure. little, it's our fun secret. Sure, Holly, sure. Do you guys have about 10, I need to take a very quick break. Do you have about 10 more minutes, or did you have to get going? Okay, totally. one thing, when we come back, I've decided just for my own my own comfort and benefit, I'm going to change your names to Holly Hess and Greg Laurent. What do you think? <laughs> right on. All right, we'll be right back with Holly Laurent and Greg Hess. More about Mega, the devilish satire, taking on evangelicalism with a smile. Right back with Holly and Greg right after this. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and Impact Gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including. The Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Doug Sprinthal's here. Andy's here. Melissa's here. Holly Laurent, Greg Hess, the devilish satire mega, taking on evangelicalism. Um, just to kind of show that, that, that a lot of this has to do with 
you know, what you've what you've been through in your life as whether you grew up in a nice Jewish kid or Catholic or evangelical or whatever the situation is. A perfect example of that was when I was 16 years old. I got my a job as a dishwasher downtown Minneapolis. And I met a young girl there. She was 16 as well. And I you know, was attracted to her. And she, I, I asked her if she'd like to go out sometime. And she said, yeah, that'd be nice. She lived in South Minneapolis. I lived in North Minneapolis. So I took the bus down there, a little, little transfer, the whole deal, the whole nine yards. I walked up to her house, and I knocked on the door. And this man answered, and he said, are you Tom? And I said, yes, yes, sir, I am. He said, I have a question for you. And I said, what's your question, sir? He goes, are you Catholic? <clears throat> and I said, yes, I grew up Roman Catholic. And he said, and I quote, well, we're Missouri Synod. And close the door. <laughs> I, I, I never yeah. got to date that young girl because apparently I wasn't Missouri Synod, so therefore I was the devil. Apparently. You know what, Tom? I dated a Missouri Synod Lutheran, and I can tell you uh, I had a very similar experience, even though I grew up Presbyterian. You'd think those were even closer, but yeah, they're, they're their own thing. They are their own thing is a good way to put it, Greg. They're their own thing. God bless them. I'm not, you know, pointing fingers. I'm just saying it was kind of shocking that I took like an hour-long bus ride to get there and didn't even get through the front door because I was Catholic. I thought it was rather That's fun. That's right. As, as the door closed, you should have been you should have been yelling, we both believe in transubstantiation. It's, it's the body and blood, <laughs> I swear. I should have, Greg. I should have. You're absolutely right. There's a lot of things like that that you I didn't... always think of the right thing to say too late. Yeah, that's true. true. I didn't know that a lot of those things were, because I grew up Catholic too, um, and I didn't know a lot of them were specific to Catholic. <laughs> so when I started talking about it to other people who weren't Catholic, they were always like, like transubstantiation or like the rosary. I remember blowing my mind. I was like 17 years old, and I was like, oh, uh, remember doing the rosary when you were a kid? And they were like, what's the rosary? I'm like, what? Every Christian does the rosary. Nope. That's no, not just true. the real ones. Exactly. Just, just the, the real, real ones. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, fella. In the Baptist church, we call that a keychain. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That is good. I have a confession. My, I'm Baptist, a, I'm grandma, a... my Baptist grandma taught me that um, Catholics were, and I quote, Wolves in sheep's clothing. Oh, well. You're damn right. Oh. That's all I have to say to you, Holly. That's all I have to say. I have a confession to make. I'm a church musician. I'm lucky enough to be able to play secular music, uh, you know, once or twice a month. But I saw a meme recently that said, "You're not making church better. You're making rock and roll worse." <laughs> I like that. I like that. No. I feel like that is the type of music that happens at the uh, fictional megachurch as well. We uh, we have uh, we have a group, the, a rock group within the church that actually will be playing uh, in the show that we're doing this weekend. It's a live stream on on the sixth um, at, at on Rush Tick, and we will have live musicians in person. And uh, you might actually be familiar with some of them. One of them, uh, Sean Watkins, is a is a Nickel Creek member, and mm. uh, you know, is a, played on uh, Prairie Home Companion many years for for many years. Mm. And um, and their band name is called New Direction. And I, I'll just let your listeners uh, figure out if you if you say New Direction yep, uh, yep. a few times fast, it has its own. It takes yeah, on its own. new. Just go new. 
If you get a chance, look on YouTube. There's a brilliant video called How to Write a Praise Song in Five Minutes or Less. It's hysterical. Oh, that's fantastic. We have uh, we have a handful of original um, parody worship songs that um, have been written for our podcast specifically, and each one we sit down and go, okay, like what is something about praise and worship music uh, that... that we find funny and one is that sometimes it really feels like a super like sexy song about like falling in love with jesus Mm -hmm. like i want you to hold me i want you to take me i want you inside me i love you i need you and so we have some pretty good like parody worship songs because it's just sort of right (laughs) i bet they are rather entertaining holly (laughs) (laughs) well the other thing too is like up to a certain point until uh, probably the last, I don't know, 10, maybe maybe 5 to 10 years, worship songs were all in the same, like, three chords. Oh, yeah. You know, every single yeah. song oh, really? <laughs> was just a different variation of moving those chords around. So it's it's really funny to to look back and be like, oh, this is the same song, just rearranged. <laughs> kind of rearranged. <laughs> the best thing that... The best thing that happened to Christian music was Coldplay. I mean, pretty much Coldplay. <laughs> Coldplay changed your church in ways that you just have no idea. Yeah. I suppose that is true. I got very, very lucky because of where I grew up again. I got to go to a lot of tent revival, ba- Southern Baptist tent revivals. There, you know. Oh, the, did you really? Because the black families would have us right on the corner of Emerson and Plymouth Avenue. And you want to talk some songs being sung, baby? Yeah. Holy Hannah! I would just go to listen to the music. It was that good. Yeah. Really? I always thought that um, young people always go to those tent revivals and, and camps and all that because um, there's so many cute girls. Well, next day, Holly, <laughs> I was going to throw that in later. but <laughs> His son's right in the room. Yeah, my son's in here. Now, that was a long, long time ago. But, yeah, you, there's the black evangelical church, black churches, the tent revival, the singers at, at those those uh, meetings or services or whatever they have, man, they, boy, they put on a show. It is fantastic. Great singing. I mean, there are things about it all. It does... Do you still, Holly and Greg, when you, when you let's say, you attend a, a church service or a wedding or a funeral or whatever, there is a certain peace still sitting in a church or a synagogue. I mean, it's just kind of Nobody's going to bother you too much while you're there. They might bitch at you, but they won't bother you, right? <laughs> they might talk about you, but they're not, yeah. not in your face. <laughs> That's true. That's exactly right. That's very just. You sound like you guys are having a ball doing this. Yeah, it's been it's been great. And, you know, a lot of times I think it can be a danger zone because, you know, we're married. And I think, uh, you know, working together and living together is sometimes can be... <laughs> too much together and then this year when we were essentially forced to to be together all the time we've really found that it's been a lot of fun and and uh if anybody knows the other sense of humor it's it's holly uh knows mine and i know her so it's been a blast it really has saved us in the pandemic because when no pun intended (laughs) when we when we realized like oh we we're going to be locked down um and, and we, we've, for the last two decades, I mean, we perform live most nights of the week and we go out and have a certain, like, rhythm of, like, getting up in front of people and trying material and improvising. And and when all of that went away, um, yeah, Mega really was, like, a, it, it was a lifeline for us comedy-wise. And, and, and it gave us something to do, but also 
it kept us connecting with other comics, having them on our episodes as guests, and sure. also being able to kind of itch that improv scratch. It was really great. I'm, I'm really, I, I'm, I'm grateful for it. No, I can understand. And it's something that's important to you, obviously. Your family's been involved quite some time. I, I do love the fact, because my wife Catherine and I have been together almost 40 years now, and we got together. I thought she was far too good for me, and she kind of thought the same thing. But uh, the reason we ended up together was because of what you just said, because we made one another laugh. It was all based on I loved her sense of humor. She, thank God, enjoyed some of the stuff that I did. But that's humor brought us together, and then after that, all the other stuff came. Is that kind of what happened with you two as well? Oh, man, that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yep. That is exactly it. It's kind of funny. We were both in the same comedy community in Chicago when we met. And when Greg asked me out, I sort of gave him a tentative yes. And then I secretly <laughs> went and saw a few of his shows because I was like, I have to make sure this guy sure. is funny. Because sure. he's not funny. And I, I sat in the back in the dark and I was trying to hide so he didn't know I was there. And I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Some people would fun. call that stalking, but... <laughs> Well, it kind of is, but you know, she had to yeah, she had to check all the boxes, right? Make sure that you were the guy. That is right. Oh yeah. It all sure. works on the end. And I mean, luckily, he's really funny. Yeah, I kind of noticed that, Holly, but I'm glad you told me. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it works out. No, I, I remember the first time Catherine and I ever went to dinner. We went to dinner at a restaurant that's no longer in business, but it was quite a few years ago, and we're we're. And by the way, this was a total head fake. I would never do this, but I wanted to convince this young, beautiful woman how hip and cool I was, so I ordered fish, which I would never do, because if you grow up Catholic, you have to eat fish every Friday back in the old days, so I would never do that. But I figured, well, I'll, I'll convince her that I really like cod or something, right? So I cut into my fish, and I go, Jesus. And I cut it in again, same thing. I'm like, God, what? She goes, what's the matter? I had found three hairs in my fish. Oh, right? gross. Oh, no. Not one or two, but three hairs in my fish. And she said, what's the matter? And I said, there's a wig in my food. She started laughing so hard and didn't stop. I went, oh, my God, this is the woman for me. If she thinks that's that funny, I love this woman. That must have been some fresh, like, Ohio fish you ordered. <laughs> yes. Midwest. Yeah, the Ohio fish, it, 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 I think it was swimming around while the uh, the river in Cleveland was on fire. I think that's, <laughs> that's that, right. the swimming that it did there. I, I, do you see you guys doing this long term? I mean, is this something you want to do for, because i got to believe there are so many wonderful ideas for this show that you do. You're never going to run out of ideas, I don't think. It's endless. Yeah, I don't think we'll run out of ideas uh, anytime soon. I think we'll keep doing it as long as it as long as it stays fresh and fun. And you know, recently we've just had such good guests on. We've had you know Louis Anderson, who I know you know, oh, and Louis. Um, I love Louis. People, oh, Louis! Louis was amazing on the podcast. We've had Cecily Strong from SNL, Tom Papa, the Sklar oh. brothers. Just really, really fantastic. Um, you know, comedians come on. So I think as long as as long as the material stays fresh and we keep getting these uh, these great names, I think we'll keep doing it. You know what's amazing about that, Greg, is the people you just mentioned, because the Sklar brothers are huge, just really, really nice nice people. They love listening to to the, this podcast, to your podcast. They come on the morning. As a matter of fact, they were just on the morning show a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about how, how much they miss coming to town. 
Louis Anderson and I are great friends. But Tom Papa, nobody has supported me more than Tom Papa. He's been unbelievable. Oh. Just a great guy. I love Tom Papa. Well, you know, Tom was our boss uh, for, for a better part of a year because both Holly and I were uh, touring and writing on Live From Here, which was, oh, you know, sure. based out of the Twin Cities there. Yep. No, I tell you, you, you you've been around some great people. There's no question. Oh, oh, I got to tell you this quickly. This is a little off subject, but it's worth because you mentioned Louie. Um, we just did the uh, 2000th episode of this show last week, la- last Thursday, as a matter of fact. Wow, congrats. Wow, congrats. 2000th episode of this one, and I just uh, celebrated my 50th year in radio uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it's been a big couple of weeks, and Louie Anderson calls in. And I told him the story, and, and Holly and Greg, this will kind of tie in, in a way, to what we're talking about. As I mentioned, my mother was an ardent Roman Catholic. She just loved being Catholic. And she and Louis Anderson became really good friends. That They, they just, Aww. oh yeah, they were wonderful. And I uh, told him, I said, you know, when my mother died, Louis, we went through her apartment, and she had, and I'm not, Holly and Greg, I'm not making this up, my mother had at least... 50 of those little six-inch angel statues, you know, the little angels, the ceramic angels. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right? She had about 50 of them. And this is why, why I'm telling you this story, is in the next couple of lines. I look through all 50 of the angels, and in the middle of all those angels was a statue of Louis Anderson. It was a true story, <laughs> right? Now, here's the best part of it. I told Louis that on the air last week. He started crying openly. It was beautiful. Aww. It was so, you know how Louie is anyway. I love that man to death. But he literally started weeping, and we had to hold the show up for a while. He started crying Aww. twice on that. It was just touching. It was just wonderful. Right? Yeah, he is such a, a teddy bear. To know Louie is, is to yeah. be his friend. Like, as soon as he meets you, he treats you like you're already friends. And he treats you that way forever. It's really something special, and it sort of makes my head spin how lovely it is. Yeah, there's no question. There's no better guy in the world. He, he and my wife are good friends, Louis, and you know he's known Andy and our daughter Alex since they were little tiny children. He's just a one. You're surrounded by. I mean, my God, Louis Anderson, Tom Papa, the Sklar brothers, everybody you met. You're surrounded by great people there. Yeah. Yeah, we are really. We're. Really we're blessed, as we would say on the podcast. Oh, okay. Too stressed and too anointed to be disappointed. No, I don't know if you're doing this or not yet, uh, but you should do it. You should take this show on the road and do your own mega church from city to city. That'd be phenomenal. Well, I, I'm happy you mentioned it because we are this year. Um, Good move. We just booked our first two two shows in Denver at Rise Comedy on July 23rd, Friday, July 23rd. So. Uh, we've got a bunch of dates coming up, and then they're all going to be um, yeah on our social media and our website, megathepodcast.com and at megathepodcast. So if you're in, in, in one of these big cities, we're doing Atlanta, Portland, D.C. Um, we will be doing the Twin Cities this fall. Yeah, Twin Cities, Dallas. Wonderful. I don't come if we were in the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely come and see you. We'll have, we'll have to have you in studio. It'll be, we'll have you on the morning show and this show, and I definitely want to come and see uh, see the show because it's just... I love it when people could take something. No, it sounds to me like both of you really liked the part that, you know, the church played or whatever. It wasn't overwhelming. With me, like I said, I would like to believe there's something a lot bigger than I am. I don't really understand why, you know, you can't. some people can't believe there's something bigger than them. But I think it kind of keeps me in line. So 
to make fun of that makes me like it even more, Holly and Greg. I, I, I like it even more now. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you're, you're that's not, right. You're not making fun of God. You're making fun of people that don't really quite get it. That don't quite get what it's all about. Yeah, that, well, that's very, very true. But I loved having you guys on. You got it. Yes. Yeah, so when you come to town, please come in and do this show, do the morning show. We've got to come and see uh, see your show as well. I would love to meet you guys. Oh. We would love that too. Thanks so much for having us, and uh, yeah, we would uh, we would absolutely. We, we, this was a great great chat. Thanks for all the all the great laughs. And oh. we will see you in Minneapolis, baby. All right, hey baby, <laughs> I like it. it. As as my my uh, Archbishop would say, "In nome de Patre e Filii e Spiritu Santo." See, I still got it, Holly. I still got it. Uh, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Good. Very impressive. Holly, Thank you so much. We really appreciate. Oh, yeah, I did, too. I, I love talking to you guys. Holly Laurent and Greg Hess. Again, mega, the devilish satire taking on evangelicalism with a smile, which is a wonderful idea. We will see you in just a few months. Thank you. Take care. Thanks so much. Bye. God, they were terrific. Yeah. No, I'm inter- nice I'm going to listen to that podcast. I, yeah, this too. is the stuff I that Sarah too. talks about all the time. Because it, it really is like The Office. Oh yeah, higher I'm power. sure that's true. It's really your higher power yeah. office. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean all of those things when I was a kid. And you know, if you have it, it's like no, it is. I, yeah. I'm, I'm eight, and I know that's not true. <laughs> Settle down, relax. But yeah, when last week you were here, yeah, oh yeah, I remember. I, I, he, I mentioned those angels. He started bawling. Well, he was, was crying about something else. Yeah, too. there was, was another like thing two too. Two things that cracked I him up. And what? I remember the it was, se- what the yeah. second was. He cried about something. Mm-hmm. Oh, about Johnny Carson, was it? Yes, that's yeah. what yeah. it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, what a coincidence. The Sklar brothers were just on talking about how much they love the, the KQ Morning Show and this show, and they can't wait to get back to town. Tom Papa stays in touch. Louis Anderson. Well, Tom was just player. on the pot like six weeks ago. He I was. Yeah. He was on a Thursday. I remember talking to him. Yeah, he's just a great guy. So the, the fact that they're aligned with those people tells me these people know what they're doing. They're very, very good. Holly Laurent. That is so weird, too, that I, I grew up with a guy named Greg Laurent. <laughs> And their names are Holly Laurent and Grega. She pronounced it Laurent, mm-hmm. the French way. It's fancy. Pip, pip, cheerio is all I have to say to you there, sister. But, yeah, they, they turned out to be terrific. Now, you have, a, have you told me who's going to be on Carcel and Secrets today? Uh, some washed-up politician from South St. Paul. Washed-up? Yep. Would I happen to know him? You know him. Is he cute as a button? Yeah. <laughs> cute as a bug's ear. He's cute as a bug's ear. Oh, he's coming in good. Yeah. He's coming in. I'm I glad believe he's that. already here. I think he probably is, so oh, take a break and drag him in here. Sure. Well, with the other one ran a little longer, too, didn't it? A little bit, yeah. Okay, we can just take a break right now. We'll take it because uh, that one ran two, about a couple minutes long. Yeah. This is time out perfectly. We will take a break. We'll be right back. Car selling secrets is up next with the family. <sighs> 